Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Wednesday, August 9th, 2023. At our top story today, the new frontier, IT modernization and reaching escape velocity from IT legacy systems. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Mark Kolofsky and Sergio Dubois of Enterprise Iron, an advisory firm providing business and technology solutions. Mark, Sergio, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Great to meet you uh, once again, Jeff. Yeah, yes, it's great nice to be here, Jeff. Thanks. Yeah, it's great to have you both. And, and we're going to be talking a lot about this new frontier and modernization. And Sergio, I want to start with you because artificial, I'm just going to roll off some buzzwords here. Artificial intelligence, cybersecurity, better customer service delivery, the high cost of maintenance of legacy systems. Why should an organization consider modernizing their IT infrastructure? Well, um, Jeff, organizations live with a crippling amount of uh, technical debt, and uh, it uh, they have, you know, while their competitors uh, realize digital strategies um, and sail on ahead and into that future. Uh, they're straddled with uh, technical debt that um, stops the business from um, achieving the levels of self-service that they want. Uh, Their operational processes are more painful and manual than necessary. And, uh, you know, even the smallest uh, uh, change to um, the experience that impacts the legacy platform usually results in a very costly and long estimate of the efforts to uh, remediate it. And uh, it puts the entirety of the operations at risk. So, um, you know, organizations are very motivated to escape the the gravitational pull of uh, legacy systems. Um, Yeah, and and just to kind of follow up on that, what are some of the emerging trends in IT modernization and, and how should businesses prepare, prepare for them? As I said at the onset, artificial intelligence, cybersecurity, there's a lot of big trends coming down the pike. Um, what are some of them and, and how do businesses prepare for them? Well, the, the trends include, as you say, artificial intelligence and uh, you know, data science, better data sciences and insights from you know, data. Uh, and unfortunately, these organizations really can't get to that because they're they're straddled with uh, the technical debt. So uh, we ultimately uh, want to work to help them sort of uh, refinance that debt. Um, the key to that is a methodology that allows them to iteratively uh, contend with uh, the reality of both you know, the old uh, architecture and the new architecture at the same time, that these will have to coexist um, because it sometimes takes you know, months, if not years, uh, to modernize uh, an architecture platform. So um, as you know, Mark can speak to that, there are um, some innovations that have come up uh, in terms of how um, legacy code can be analyzed and converted. And uh, um, that automatic uh, translation um, is 
sort of key to uh, escaping the legacy platform. And Mark, he teed it up perfectly for you. And I just want to, for context, I grew up coding in COBOL, in C, and some of the other, I guess I'll say legacy languages. And, and, and Sergio really did a good job. How can semantic code analysis and translation help businesses escape from these, I don't know, legacy language prisons, I'm going to call them? Yeah, okay. The, Jeff, I always appreciate when somebody says that, uh, you know, COBOL is a legacy language. COBOL was relatively new when I uh, joined, and it was more of the uh, assembler and uh, and those type of language, almost coding a machine code. So uh, folks today can do lots of uh, things and take advantage of uh, um, things that are not procedural anymore, right, that are more object-oriented and things that can, uh, can be broken down into... Uh, usable chunks. And that's, to me, one of the main, um, you know, uh, pro, uh, you know, uh, modernization uh, uh, objects. It, it's it's a lot more uh, easy or straightforward to take uh, uh, chunks of code. Uh, and we call that either four cornering or chunking, or there's lots of other terms that, that folks use. And you can uh, look at the different procedures uh, extract them and actually do some transformation where you not only translate line by line, but it's more of process by process. That is the biggest thing that, that I see is differently. And it's a totally different mindset for the, uh, for the legacy uh, programmer like you and I. Yeah. And, and I didn't mean to say that we're both of us are legacy, but I guess maybe we both of us are legacy kind of like COBOL, but you know, you got to keep yourself fresh and updated. And I think obviously Mark, you are, and so is Sergio. Sergio, I want to come to you because there's a cost associated with modernization. And today's a difficult environment, let's face it, financially with that market volatility, especially among financial services firms. How do you convey the return on investment to key stakeholders when you're talking about modernization? Because I think on paper, you can see it, you know you have to do it, but there's a cost and you have to convey what that cost will mean to the input and outputs of an organization? I mean, the ROI has to be built with uh, both the business and IT. You know, to the business, you know, I, the question is, what is the value of a customer experience that, you know, can more easily rise up to, you know, digital strategy aspirations, you know, to be on web and mobile, to, uh, to be improved and to drive greater customer satisfaction and retention? You know, what, what's the value of IT, you know, being able to turn around features and requests, you know, in an agile fashion, you know, in measured in days or hours compared to the protected responses that, you know, legacy engineering teams uh, respond with uh, whenever they know that they have to touch that legacy code. So, um, and then ultimately, and this is quite scary for them right now, what's the value of having engineers that are still available to maintain and manage uh, the businesses for applications? Uh, I would say that's priceless because uh, when there are no engineers left to do it, it, it really will be priceless, right? Um, so, uh, you know, ultimately, it, it's it, it you have to uh, look at uh, both the technology and business implications of this. And, uh, you know, I think the case is pretty strong for uh, that they've run out of time and they can no longer continue making interest payments on, on this technical debt. Yeah, a really good point. Uh, it's one that I want to explore after the commercial break a little bit more. Uh, we come back, we'll talk more about semantic analysis, co-translation, and a lot more. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on DRN AM. 
Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Well, Sergio and Mark, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Thanks again. Yeah, I'm glad I haven't chased anybody off. I'm still still over when it comes to that. Um, Mark, I want to come to you because you know we talked about my legacy coding skills in COBOL and C. And I was thinking during the commercial break about my own experiences with Y2K. And I think we all remember, those of us who are old enough remember the experience of going through Y2K. Um, and, and these types of projects, modernization projects, whether it's Y2K or newer modernization projects can be overwhelming. How do you effectively manage these projects to ensure that they're not overwhelming and you allay any concerns by stakeholders? Great question, uh, and uh, w one of the things that uh, <laughs> that's, that's pretty interesting because uh, Sergio and I are right now are building uh, a uh, modernization uh, practice for Enterprise Iron. W one of the things that we're doing, and I do a lot of the delivery work, is 25 years ago I built a Y2K factory uh, back in the day, and it and it really um, while lots of the factors have changed the uh, you know, all of the, uh, the the formatting and how you run projects and everything, it's really the same. You got to be sure that you're uh, starting at uh, high visibility, uh, you know, high impact uh, work where, you're, you know, your bang for the buck is going to be good. You got to show some value early and you, you, you've got to be able to, to show that the dollars that go in. Uh, you know, as an IT person, you know, you're always battling, uh, you know, lots of different uh, areas for for dollars. And uh, one of the uh, the main drivers here is to show that uh, the savings year over year you can get with uh, modernizing platforms. And that may be, you know, going to, uh, you know, getting off the mainframe, service buses, take, you know, going to the cloud, uh, moving things to cots or other types of uh, 
uh, uh, platforms. So there's just a plethora of things you can do. But to me, you're, you're absolutely right, Jeff. It, it, it starts with that same uh, Y2K mentality. Got to have something that works. It's got to be reliable and it's got to be done cost effectively. And just to follow up on that a little bit, Mark, I know you talked about the experience with EI, but do you have another, maybe another client success story? You don't have to name the client, but you can maybe just talk about kind of how you chunk it up. I, I'm going to call it chunk it up and break yeah. and, and, and make, make sure that it's a successful implementation. Yeah. So one of the things that really you've got to do is uh, depending on if you're using automation or not, if you're using automation, you can uh, a, a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, ascertain through uh, adept analysis. Sergio is great at uh, types of this type of thing uh, to uh, look at the old architecture and build something brand new that is going to help, uh, you know, uh, lead things. So it's, you know, as I mentioned before, containers and, uh, you know, uh, cots and, uh, you know, uh, to the cloud because a big bang um, in implementation will, will not work here. I mean, these things are, you know, if you do it right, and one of our clients really has a five-year uh, roadmap, there's no way you're going to hold uh, things in, uh, you know, UAT or QA or put five years worth of work in a big bang uh, implementation method. It's just not going to work. So it's a lot of thinking. And I, I know Sergio, myself, and a whole bunch of other uh, team uh, members are looking to do that, not only uh, for specific clients, but just overall, how does this look like? Because I don't think very many people are addressing this. And that's uh, somewhere where Enterprise Iron can certainly help uh, organizations, uh, you know, especially ones where there's uh, lots of intersection, a lot of interfaces and uh, ex external um, uh, formats that, you know, may change or whatever. There's lots of products that are starting to address that. Nothing yet that we think is uh, a, a one-stop uh, silver bullet, but I think we're getting somewhere to there, especially with the low-code, no-code uh, uh, tools that are uh, emerging. Yeah, uh, and and Sergio, you know, just to kind of pick it, pick that up, there there are definitely challenges about any IT modernization pro project. Uh, cost being one, Mark alluded to that. But what are some of the the challenges, the common challenges faced in that transformation, and how do you overcome them? Well, uh, I think most customers find that getting started is always a huge challenge. Uh, you know, organizations can easily uh, get into analysis paralysis, right? Um, and um, so our upfront uh, business function analysis and assessment, you know, it, it focuses on analyzing the legacy architecture, understanding the, the, the data and the inter-component dependencies, right? Enumer and then enumerating the, the scope packages, right? Figuring out which, uh, which portions of the, uh, legacy app applications to work on first, which data sets to, to migrate first, and establish a roadmap uh, that sequences and incrementally builds functions out uh, where the, you know, the later packages um, uh, are sequenced later so that the earlier packages are uh, built and ready and, and build upon them, right? Um, so uh, there's a lot of lessons learned over the years and one of them is is to lead with the data, with the data first uh, approach, uh, where the use uh, the modern architecture. You're going to build it from the bottom up. Data, you know, with the data service APIs, and then with those APIs in place, you know, building business rule services above that and workflow services above that. So, um, but it does begin with the data, and that's you know that really liberates the 
you know, the, the modernization team uh, to work in parallel and to start building the, the new architecture. Um, there's also a term we say lift, shift, and refactor to, right, to avoid, you know, you need uh, folks to avoid the temptation to merely translate the legacy functions and leave the application architecture as it is. The architects, you know, need to refactor, not just translate. Um, there's a term in the industry called Jobal or, you know, COBOL that's been translated line for line to, to Java. And uh, that really doesn't do anyone uh, any favors because uh, it's, it's really far from optimal. It can be almost as hard to maintain as the legacy code was. So um, opportunities exist to, you know, employ uh, platform as a service components like uh, modern data services, rules engines and workflows. So, um, you know, those are uh, some of the uh, things that we've learned. Um, the, the, the key thing was already mentioned is that the, the legacy and the modern architectures have to coexist, right? Uh, these these uh, transformations are gonna take years and it has to be that uh, uh, depending on the, the currency of the data, you know, some data will be uh, synchronized overnight. Uh, others, there will be APIs that allow synchronization intraday and other, other, other data sets themselves will actually require sort of a real-time thing. But you're going to be in that awkward stage during this transformation where part of the modern architecture is built and uh, the legacy architecture needs to continue operating. Uh, and both of these things have to interoperate and you know be consistent and coherent. Yeah, and, and Mark, I mean, I had never heard of the term Jobal. That's another language that I probably don't want to learn. Uh, but you know, if you're a uh, IT manager or a business manager, how do you how do you keep abreast of all the latest trends, especially around new code, uh, new code availability, modernization, and also how do you just stay ahead of the curve technologically? It's so difficult, I think, if you, to manage a business day to day, and then also kind of know the latest and greatest things to incorporate into your IT infrastructure. Yeah, that's where companies like us uh, really uh, provide assistance. You know, uh, recently we just got a roadmap from uh, one of our large customers that said, here, uh, I've got this. I have no idea what to do with it. Make it uh, actionable for me, please. And we started at the, you know, taking the top 10 areas that one of the uh, larger consulting firms put together, but really had nothing underneath. So uh, we've got folks, uh, my comrade there, Sergio, is one of the uh, uh, more voracious readers that I know. And, uh, you know, we, we, we really, uh, you know, we, we constantly are, uh, you know, uh, getting together, uh, you know, whether formally or un informally to talk about what's going on at, uh, at, at some of our other clients, because we've got clients both in the public and private sector, uh, large and uh, medium size uh, firms that are all doing some cool stuff. But I don't know of anybody that would be doing it the way that we would had we uh, received the blank slate. It's, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's a matter of, uh, you know, uh, try and buy in some cases. We get lots of uh, uh, chances to uh, look at new software because, uh, you know, some of the larger software firms know that, uh, you know, Enterprise Iron's got a good name, been around for 21, 22 maybe uh, years now, uh, where we're, uh, especially in the financial services uh, realm, we're, uh, you know, we're at the forefront of, you uh, you know, talking to these managers every day. We don't talk at an abstract level. Uh, Sergio and I and the, the rest of our team really are, 
you know, uh, get down to the uh, nitty gritty. And I think, uh, you know, the, I'm not suggesting that abstract work and uh, advice is not a good thing, but uh, when it comes down to it, uh, that doesn't win the day in terms of, uh, of uh, you know, performing any modernization. So it's, uh, you know, firms like ours that, uh, that really are gonna lead the way. And uh, yeah. I, I firmly believe that, yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, you're right. You're in the trenches every day. You're rolling up your sleeves, doing the work. You, you have a feel for what, what's happening. And let's face it, IT, it's a very, very dynamic world. And by the way, the financial services world, very dynamic as well. Mark, Sergio, great to talk to you as always. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thank you very much, Jeffrey. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to. Drop us a line and don't forget for all the latest security news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more all in one place. Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, or visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. Don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.